She also said you had a southern accent, which I loved. I loved so much. What? She does. She, she doesn't got a, ma- a great grasp on American accent. She's like, I think he's southern. And I was like, yeah, he's southern. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yes, you put Hackett and me in a room together and, and you let me know which one of us sounds Southern. She listens to Stephen and knows he's Southern. Oh, my God. So it's obviously oh rubbing off on you to to us, to us non-English speakers. So. God. Well, non-native oh English speakers. Oh, God. I can't handle this. I need a drink. So uh. on that cheery note... Hello, and welcome back to Analog. This is episode number three. Analog is a show on Relay FM, and it is brought to you today by Igloo and Squarespace. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Internet's favorite, Mr. Casey Liss. Hello there. How are you? I am well. How are you? I am very well. Since starting this show, I have realized just how beloved you are. Oh, that makes one of us. Seriously. Because people are always telling us how much they love the show, and a lot of that is directed at you. Um, if, I think it's pretty mutual, but that's very kind of you to say, and I appreciate it. People love you, Casey Liss. Well, not as much as I love you, Mike Hurley. Well, I didn't love you at the end of last week's episode. Oh. <laughs> is that how we're going to go into follow-up? Yes, because I, okay. I had a whole other thing that I wanted to talk about, but you decided to have your final final thought. I'll get that right second time. Uh, and you just basically just walked all over it. Yeah, I, I totally railroaded you, which which I did not realize until after the fact. And I genuinely felt very, very bad about. Yeah, so which is I'm why I'm be, bringing it up like this, because you did feel so bad about it. I know. So I will be very quiet as we do some follow-up. That's good. That's good. We should bring that into this show. No. Follow-up. Um, so... Astute listeners last week will realize that not only did I mention um, Facebook tagging in images, but I also spoke about talking a little bit about checking in, like on Foursquare and things like that, and and or Swarm as it is now, um, as a, as another thing for evolving social norms. Um, by the way, pretty much the the resounding follow up on last week's discussion is that most people. Are like me and you. Would you say that that was correct, like accurate? Uh, yeah, I think so. And the only other really quick piece of interesting follow-up that I think we heard a lot was that you can, on Facebook anyway, turn on some mode where you get to approve check-ins that have you tagged within them. Did that and, make sense? Well, and photos. Oh, is and photos as well? Yeah, okay. it's actually mainly photos people use that for. So you go in and review... Um, a lot of uh, my friends who are females, um, I was going to say girls and then change it to females, which is why I started with friends because I didn't want to say girlfriends. Okay, so I've, <laughs> I've adequately explained that awkwardly enough. So my friends who are who are ladies, they I many of them that I know do this for for multiple reasons, um, but that you see them go in and then they get a list and they can like accept or deny the photo mm-hmm. tagging. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know any of my guy friends that do this. Um, I, don't, I, I can I can see that there are like there are specific reasons for for either I guess. Um, so yeah, you can go in and you can say yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, basically. So checking in, so four square check ins and stuff like that. So do you do this? Uh, no, I do not use Foursquare. I did for like two weeks, didn't get the point because I don't live in a major metropolitan area and then never looked back. Do you use something like Yelp for like restaurant recommendations or anything like that? I do. I, I will use Yelp if I'm traveling or I'm feeling uncreative. Um, every great once in a while when I feel like having some metadata is relevant about the location, I will engage um, or tag myself at a location on Twitter. But I do that very rarely, and it's only if I feel like it's, like I said, worthwhile for some reason or another. You should check out New Foursquare, because the New Foursquare is actually not about checking in at all. It's just about Mm -hmm. recommendations of interesting things around you. Right. So I would suggest looking at that. Um, I prefer it to Yelp, personally. Um, I really like Foursquare's database. Okay. And it's because it's all like based on tips from real people and stuff like that. 
and ratings and, and things. But you know, they they now have their app Swarm, which is the check-in component. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, when Foursquare became a thing, I used to do uh, check-ins a lot. I used to check in everywhere, and then I went away from it for a while. Um, but my significant other, my better half, she is a Foursquare user. So uh, when we met, I started using Foursquare a lot more. So we just use it as a way to kind of check into places that we visited. So we've got like this log of interesting places that we visited. Um, and then we have like we use the Foursquare proper as a way to find new places to eat and and drink. And we use it a lot for that stuff. Like we just came back from like a couple of days away um, at the seaside and we basically planned all of our meals and drinks via Foursquare Um, because, you know, we create lists and stuff like that. It's the thing that we do. Um, But the actual checking in component now, I feel very differently about. Um, So... I don't really accept many friend requests in Foursquare. Um, And if I go somewhere like... If I go to somewhere like WWDC, um, I'm happy to check in because it's kind of one of those scenarios where you want people around you to know where you are. But other than that, like at home and, and, uh, and things like that, I'm kind of protective about it. Is, and I don't, I don't ever use the location information on Twitter either. There's just a feeling like I don't necessarily, like I don't think I'm going to get like mobbed with people, and I don't do it to hide from people. There's just this thing where it's like I don't necessarily want a public record of everywhere that I've been. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's just like a a feeling that that's a bit weird, and I want to post a hypothetical to you and, and I'll try and think I, I haven't really thought about it before now so we can kind of try and maybe get some off the cuff responses to it so here's a hypothetical you have a stalker um, who is an absolute super fan to the nth degree they love everything you've ever done they listen to every minute of your shows uh, three times and they read every blog post that you've written five times so we're talking about you talking about me so okay uh, they've they they follow you on foursquare or something or or on twitter and you have some sort of location check-in um and you're at a restaurant and you check in and this person arrives at the restaurant how would you feel in that scenario do you think um i feel like my privacy would have been invaded yeah even though by checking in publicly i've already implicitly given up my right to privacy um it'd be one thing if i said you know hey people of the internet i'm gonna be at such and such place if you want to swing by like i'm gonna do drinks here and a great example of that is a wwdc which admittedly you know is a small subset of the entire internet but um yeah well like you said we'll say uh, i might post hey i'm gonna be at the park 55 bar later if i'm if i'm in a i don't know how to sound, say this in a different way but if like if i'm willing to entertain uh, real random people, and that Your sounds audiences. so. Yeah, yeah, and that sounds so self-centered, <laughs> and, I, and I don't mean it that way, but I guess it kind of is actually. But um, you know, if you say, "Hey, I'm going to be at the park 55 from seven to nine, you know, that's okay. People can swing by. But if you tag yourself, especially like, let's say I'm tweeting at you, and I tag myself at the park 55, and you know, so this is not a tweet to everyone. It, oh, that's, that's a really you. good example. Like, to, if you to then not you're not even checking in. Then you are publicly right. telling me where you are, but right. that's not necessary an explicit necessary sorry, an explicit um, invitation to people. That's maybe a better example than than using Swarm or something. Right. So I tag myself. I I tweet at you. And I say, hey, I'm at the Park 55 bar, and I, you know, geotag myself as being there. And some random person shows up and was like, hey, I saw you were here when you said something to Mike, so I thought I'd come over and introduce myself. On the one side, that's flattering, and that's very nice, because somebody cared enough to go out of their way to make this introduction happen. On the other side, holy crap, creepy. Yeah, because basically, I, I, I think I feel pretty much the same as you would and i think that probably be similar for pretty much anyone like 
if you were on Foursquare and you checked in and then some random person came over and said, oh, I saw that you were on Foursquare. I'm a Foursquare user. How are you doing? Because like the kind of the, the feeling is, is yes, you're putting it into public, into the public domain, which means that in theory, it's not private, so you shouldn't have a problem with it. But it's it's strange. I, th- I think the real strangeness is, and, and this happens in many different ways, is when something that you do on the internet is in real life as well, is discovered in real life. Yeah. And I think that, that and I, one day I really want to talk to you about um, explaining what you do on the internet <laughs> to people in the real world. Yeah. I, I, that's something that I really want to talk about one day because I still can't do it after five years. Just right. cannot explain it to people in a way that I'm comfortable with. Um, I'm actually adding it to the topic list right now. Uh, but yes, it, I, that was kind of it, really. I, I didn't really have a big thing to say. I just wondered if one, if A, if you do it, and B, how you would feel in the scenario where somebody is taking that public data and presenting it back to you in a way that you may or may not feel uncomfortable in. Okay, so let me, uh, we really should move on, but I want, I have one quick question back to you. Let's suppose the roles are reversed. You're at the Park 55. You you tweet at me, hey, I'm at the Park 55. Why don't you come on over? And I come. I am on my way over, but it's going to take me 10 minutes to get there. I don't know. I'm coming from Moscone or something. And within 30 seconds of you sending that tweet, you see someone get up from across the bar, walk over and say, oh, hey, I just saw you tweeted at Casey. I was already here and I thought I'd come say hi. Is that less creepy, more creepy, or same creepy? I feel slightly less, but pretty much the same. They <laughs> haven't they haven't come from another location. Um so it's I don't know, like if they haven't come from another location, it's like okay, that's that's less creepy because they've not made like a real effort to do it. Right. It's opportunistic. Yeah. Which which I have more respect for, I think. Um, but it's still, I don't know, it's still kind of sound kind of crazy. Like, I have no problem with it, if, as, as you say, if I say, like, I'm going to be here. But it's like if it's like a one-to-one between people or something like that, it just seems strange. But this is like, mm, this is that, and I really kind of want to know good or bad from people. Because like, this is, it sounds, like, it's hard to talk about this stuff without it sounding like just huge, like, first world problems. Yeah, but it's true for but everyone. It's, but it's some. It, it, but and I know that we say this, and I, and I and I really mean it. Like we're using the examples that make sense to us. But like there are many ways that it could affect someone just in different ways. Like, and maybe the ideas are the same. Right. Like, what if you had a friend, but it's one of those friends that you can only take in certain scenarios and in small doses, and you're at some bar and you tag yourself at some bar and then. You know, this friend of yours, Joe Smith, who you really don't feel like hanging out with at this particular moment because Joe Smith doesn't have any way to drink other than not drinking and puking his guts up. Next thing you know, Joe Smith is at the bar saying, hey, Mike, here I am. I saw you were here. I thought we should drink together. You know, it's a similar thing. You don't have to be like internet famous or whatever to have a similar scenario happen to you. Yeah, I just hope that people can see that. And they're not just like rolling their eyes until we move on to the next topic. I think it's both. Why don't you tell me about something that's really awesome and then we'll talk about uh, the main topic for today. So this week's episode of Analog is brought to you by Igloo, an internet you'll actually like. Igloo knows that your work life isn't just about the documents you create and the tasks that you check off your to-do list. Whether you work in a large enterprise or a small business, your company is made up of people. People who have interests and personalities beyond their work activities. And yes, whilst your internet must be functional, there should also be, and there also is, a softer side. It doesn't have to be serious all the time. Having some fun at work can send a message that your company is a great place to work, it can present a human face to the organization, and also connect people, so your co-workers or your employees, in a meaningful way, and it can help further the culture that you're trying to create in your company. 
Igloo is a tool that can be used to do all of these things. The way that it embraces the current trends of the web mean that you can easily share images and memes with your colleagues. You can write blog posts or contribute to internal microblogs. Igloo lets you get some of your own personality out at work and in the workplace by allowing you to express yourself in the way that you do creatively in your spare time. Igloo is a cloud internet platform that can unite your office on a work and personal level. As an integrated directory for more than just contact information, everybody has a personal profile as well, so you can connect with experts for your next project or find players for that next work football team. And yes, I mean the real football. Uh. Easy to use apps like Igloo's Igloo's microblogs and polls mean that it's simple to ask questions, share status updates, or ask for feedback on everything from the latest company initiative to what coffee's brewing in the kitchen. And built-in social features like commenting, rating, like, and liking mean that interaction and engagement is simple even for the biggest introverts in the office. Igloo is free to use of up to 10 people, and you can sign up right now at igloosoftware.com slash analog. No matter what way you spell it, you're going to get it. Thank you so much to Igloo for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So go to igloosoftware.com slash analog and help support this show. That's pretty awesome that they have both the correct spelling and the spelling with the UE at the end. Yeah, Igloo is a Canadian company. Super nice. So I feel like that they come into these sort of issues quite a lot. So they suggested it. So yeah, excellent. So what are we talking about tonight, Mike? Identity. Who are you, Casey List? Casey, what list? What do you like to be known for? Oh God, I should have. I should have realized I was setting <laughs> you up for that. Oh, goodness. So we're going to talk about identity. And, uh, you know, one thing I've been thinking about a little bit lately is from what do you derive your identity? And this sort of kind of started when I wrote a post about my wife who um, has not gone back to teaching this year. She's been teaching since she graduated from college. And she decided not to go back this year because, as I've mentioned in the past, you know, we're, we're very nearly going to have our first child. You know, uh, the child is due in just a couple months. And so we concluded that she should stay home. And, you know, we, she and I had been talking about it. And, you know, well, what does that mean for her identity? Because now she's not a teacher anymore. Well, she's not employed as a teacher anymore. And that got me thinking also to like, well, what, how else does one evaluate their own identity? Is it your job? Is it your family? Is it your real life friends or perhaps your online friends? And is it your Twitter followers or whether or not you're friends with somebody on Facebook? And, and I don't know, there's so many different ways to derive your identity and all of us treat it a little bit differently. And so I was curious, you know, Mike, what, what, what do you like to be known for and how do you derive your identity? I think these days, I I have met like a couple of different like pools of, of like, places that this comes from um but i think kind of the main one for me today like is that i am a podcaster like that's my thing you know i Mm -hmm. i like to create audio entertainment for people and i i consider that as the person that i am um you know and then you get into like the (laughs) the Twitter bio, like I'm also like a son, a boyfriend, you know. All the nouns, yeah. Exactly. I am those things too. But I guess if I was like, who is like who is Mike Hurley? If somebody if somebody says who is Mike Hurley, like, Mike Hurley is a podcaster. That would be my thing. That's like that's who he is. Even though like for equal amount of time in my day, I'm a marketeer. <laughs> marketeer are you saying that ironically or is that really how the brits do it no that that's well i don't know if that's how the brits do it but that is in in the industry it's kind of what you're known you're not like a marketer you're a marketeer what oh i want to be so offended by that but i keep thinking of the disney movie rocketeer and so i can't get mad because i love that movie i think it's just a better way of saying it like it's just a a uh, fancy way of just saying marketer because marketer sounds like it could be like telemarketer Right. So we call ourselves marketeers, um, or I am in marketing from my day to day. But I don't even nearly consider that as part of who I am. Like it just doesn't even enter my brain. Like that my job forms any part of my identity. So, but well, but is that true though? Because 
you could say your job is being a marketer, marketeer, what have you, or you could say your job is being a podcaster. And, you know, you could get into like a nuanced discussion about which oh, one no, no, is your I actual d- job. But- I don't mean, um, I don't, I'm not saying that for me, my job, whatever my job would be, doesn't mean form part of my identity. I mean, my nine to five, my current nine to five job, the current one that I have doesn't. I'm not saying, like, for example, if, if my job was, podcasting then my job would form part of my identity okay but like my current role my current like nine to five job that i have i feel does not form part of what i consider myself to be like it's Mm -hmm. just the thing that i do that enables me to do other things sure um i i'd like to think and and you know I, i consider the internet a popularity contest at times um and i like to think that part of my identity is formed via the social following that I have. Like, I'm not going to beat around the bush about that. Like, I want to have more followers. I think, like, many people do. I'm happy when I get more. I'm happy when I pass milestones. Um, I, I, I don't think that that's something that I need to be ashamed of. I think it's a, a, a common thing that people have these days. Um, And then kind of, like, if we're looking at friends, I mean, this is, hmm. Okay, I'm going to talk about this. I don't talk about this, so I'm going to talk about this because this is the show where we do this, right? It's where we have saucy. Feelings. I don't even know where you're going. I'm on the edge of my seat now. I'm excited. The last five years or more, I have focused on this thing that I do, the podcasting thing. So people say to me a lot, like, "Oh, how do you manage to to balance it all in your life?" And I say, which is true, little sleep and lots of sacrifice. Now, one of the things that I've sacrificed is friends. In the real world, so in meat space, I don't have a lot of friends anymore. <laughs> I really don't. Like the people that I went to school with, friends that I picked up along the way, like I don't really have many left. And the ones that I do, I don't interact with very often. And that's because Mike's never available. And right. when you're unavailable to friends, you just lose touch. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's because Monday to Friday, I'm unavailable because I'm working on now on Relay. And on my weekends, I spend it with the most important person in my life. Like... Wait, I'm not there. I know. It's, I I have like <laughs> a... Like a anyway. Um, and, and I feel for me that that's the right balance. So my friends are you guys like my best friends in the world are some of them I work with every week which is fantastic and others I just interact with over the internet and we see each other a few times a year at best like all of my best friends I are now that to me like Mm -hmm. I don't think that's weird anymore at least well it's not weird to us I don't think um, I think it can be a bit strange for people to understand that can't really get their head around the one what I do and and you know then like and this sort of idea of this world that we live in. Like I'm not saying I I, I have friends, guys. Like you know, don't start a pledge drive for me. Uh, and, <laughs> and and I see them like a few times a year, but I don't. There just aren't a lot of them left. You know, like I see like pictures of people and they're out at a bar with like 15 of their closest friends. That doesn't really, I mean, for for that to happen, it has to be a, a birthday for someone. So everyone mm-hmm. goes and that's when I'm in those situations. That's not just like every Friday night. Like I have big groups of friends that I see on like birthdays or like um, what we call stag parties, but you call bachelor parties. Sure, sure. I see them then, so then I'm part of that group. But those guys do that every week, but they just I'm just not there all the time, you know? Because I'm busy. So that so that's so basically that's this is a really long way because I around to say that I consider my online friends as the the other group of people in my life that make up part of who I am. Mm-hmm. That's a really, really long answer to your question. Okay, so I have two corollary questions now. Yeah. Um, firstly, what do you think you miss by having friends that 
for your, your many of your closest friends are not physically near you. Do you think you miss anything from that, or do you not really see anything any difference? In other, or perhaps another way of looking at it is, what are you so excited about when it's XOXO time or WWDC time or something along those lines? Oh, it's like you miss. I don't know what it is about being in front of someone. But there is a thing where you're face-to-face which you can't get in other ways. Like the little, like, you know, like the facial expressions people have when you talk to them. Um, and there's just, that, just the human connection. Like, and I, it's difficult to say. It's difficult to also say it without it just sounding weird. Sure. Um, but it's like just, there's just, like San Francisco every year is the best week of my year. Like that whole week is my favorite week of the year because I get to see all of my friends basically. Right. Um, and, and that is just fantastic because I get to see everyone for a period of time and it's great fun. And I do miss that on a day-to-day basis. Like, but what I miss is seeing you guys. I don't miss the situation that I'm in. Like, I don't think to myself, I wish that all the people here, I would see them all the time because I just miss my best friends. That makes, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, yeah, there is something about seeing people in real life, but that that is really important. But I just miss not seeing you guys in real life. I don't necessarily miss the real life interactions. Because I got gotcha. you. If I miss the real life interactions, I would just scale back on what I'm doing here and make more time for that. But I don't want to do that. I like this. I prefer for to to see only see my my best friends a few times a year, as opposed to not doing this because what I also get to do is even though we are creating things, we're not necessarily having maybe this show is an exception, like just heart to heart conversations. Like we're not just having a chat as friends. Yeah. Yeah. We're creating stuff. I get to talk to my friends for hours a week, every single week. And you don't usually get to do that. Yeah. And it compels you to stay very close and get closer even though you miss out on the physical interaction and everything I'm about to say you could take as double entendres. And of course I don't mean them that way, but you know, being physically next to someone totally changes that experience. Even someone, you know, extremely well, like you and I know each other pretty darn well at this point, but you and I being in the same bar together or in the same restaurant together dramatically changes the, the way we interact and how I feel about it anyway. And being able to like punch you on the arm or something like that when you say something, you know, mean just to get a rise out of me or being able to give you a hug when we see each other after not having seen each other for a year, that cements the relationship in a way that you can't get even over FaceTime. Yep. So my other corollary is, and I think you might've already kind of answered this, but do you think it's healthy having this approach of, concentrating much of your time on your internet friends and not giving that much of your time to your quote-unquote real-life friends? I don't think it's unhealthy. That's fair. Um, uh, You know, I I don't know what I'm missing. There is this thing, like, when I leave my job to do this, whenever that will be, please check out our sponsors. Um, (laughs) I... There is a thing where I'm like, hmm, I'm going to need to try and figure out how I see people because I get to see people every day. Right. So I need to work on that. So I'll probably join a co-working space so that I've got some sort of human interaction every day. Absolutely. Because I would miss that too much. Like. Not that I think I would be like, oh, I miss it. But like, I think my brain would miss it. I completely agree. If I ever had to work from home, I would have to go to a Starbucks or to a co-working space or something in order to get out of the house and just interact with other people. Yeah. Yes. You, you, I think you have to have something. Like, you know, I do. I, I don't know what I mean. I don't, I don't know why it is or what it is, but it's obviously some sort of stimulation from seeing other humans. And I would, you know, there would be, I'm sure there's ways I could do it. Co-working could be an option, but, you know, I don't, I don't know what, what that would be. I yeah, guess. I completely agree. So let's twist a little bit, if, if I may. Did you ever answer your feeling about identity? 
Uh, I've completely uh, no, railroaded it. No, 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 that's fine. I didn't even think about it. So you can tell I was really upset. Um, uh, I, I don't know what my identity is. I would have said in the past that I think of myself as a loving husband and a hard worker at my job and decent at my job. I think with time I've gotten, I scratch fewer itches with my J-O-B job and I scratch more itches with this and my internet presence persona perhaps and that's been an odd thing for me to come to terms with i still have plenty of meat space friends i still have family and in fact um, i have family that's moved closer recently which is wonderful and i'm very excited about that um but where i used to put 150% into my J-O-B job. I don't feel like I've gotten a whole lot out of my J-O-B job lately. And because of that, I would say I'm not putting in 150% anymore. And I think what's been shiny and what I've been concentrating more on is what we're doing right now. Because that scratches an itch that my J-O-B job doesn't. Now, unlike you, I'm not intending to leave my J-O-B job anytime soon, if ever. And I don't mean that. I think that might've come out negatively. I don't mean it that way. It's just a difference. Um, but well, cause you do it. You seem to enjoy yours where I don't enjoy mine. Right. I enjoy it. I just don't, I don't, it doesn't f- satisfy me professionally like it used to. And also because, as well, sorry, like also like, and again, I don't mean this negatively against you or against anyone. Um, I'm not just doing a podcast, like, or or two podcasts. I'm running a whole business now, you know. And and like even just the amount of shows that I do are like a full business in, the, yeah. in their own. Yeah, yeah. It's like if I didn't feel that way, like that I wanted to leave and go start my own thing, then what what am I doing? Yeah, you know? I agree. And I think I that's where the agree. difference is. Yeah, so I think my identity has been changing lately in a similar way that I tried to answer this question quickly and didn't, uh, just like you did. Um, I think my identity has been changing, and I'm starting to, I'm starting to pay a lot more attention to the online side of my world and the online side of my identity, which in some ways comes back to the last episode, which is why I'm so obsessed with Twitter, because Twitter in so many ways is a lot of my dearest friends. And do I think that's healthy? I think it's both healthy and unhealthy. I think having so many of my close friends on Twitter, like you and Steven, among many, many, many others, um, I, I think that's healthy. But I think me ignoring sometimes Aaron and some of my meat space friends is unhealthy. And that's, and again, I'm not going to rehash all of the last episode, but I think me getting so much pleasure out of my internet friends has made me bad at being a good real life friend. I don't know. Do you, um, you said you care about your followers. Can you talk a little more about like about that? Do you really, really care? Is it just something cool you look at? Do you, do you investigate who it is that follows you every time you see a follow pop by? Um, you know, where do you feel you are in that space? You're killing me, here, buddy. Uh, I don't really, really care about the number. I love seeing the. I love seeing the number go up. But yeah, but who doesn't? But I like, if it drops a bit, I'm like, ah, change everything. Like, uh, it's not what I do. Uh, I do use an app. Um, that I access. It doesn't notify me of like people that unfollow me. I use an app that shows like trends over time. Mm-hmm. So it shows like graphs of like follow account, but also like of the my tweets and retweets and things like that and favorites. It has all those sort of stuff in graphs, but it also has a list of here's who's followed you and here's who's unfollowed you in X period of time. Oh, that sounds terrible. The unfollow part sounds terrible. Do you know what? People unfollowing me doesn't bother me unless they're a, like an actual friend. Like if you unfollowed me, 
as like as not as a joke, but like you were like, yeah, I was just you. reaching for tweet. Pie. I'm sure I you was... were. It would it would bother me. But like I see people that like, I, and this happens a lot. Like people that I interact with quite a lot, they unfollow me. I'm like, hmm, that sucks. But I just leave it like it's gone. Like mm-hmm. I don't obsess over that. Um, but I do like to see who follows me because I find really interesting people that way. So, like, I do this by, like, every now and then I might, like, go into Tweetbot because Tweetbot has a really good thing where it shows the, like, the bios. I think it does yeah, this yeah, in, yeah. on the iPhone, mm-hmm. not on the Mac. So, like, sometimes it'd be like, this person works here or they do this or something like that. And it's interesting and it's useful. And also, as well, like, when you're starting a business like mine, sometimes I see people that work at companies start to follow me, companies that I would be interested in having sponsor relay. Sure. So that's a great way to know that someone at that company is listening and it can be a good way to start and it has actually already proved fruitful a good way to to start that sort of dialogue. So that there's a business case for me. It's not the only reason. The main reason is ego that I, that I look at these things. Um, but there is now also like a secondary business thing where it, where it can be useful to get this information. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. Um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel similarly, but I'd like to talk about something that afflicts me. Um, but before we do that, we should probably talk about something else very briefly. And I bet you know what that is. It's our friends over at Squarespace who are the only one platform to make it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter the offer code FEELS at checkout. A better (laughs) web starts with your website. When it comes to giving yourself a place on the internet, an identity online, there's nowhere better than Squarespace. They put all the power you need into your hands and take away the pain points like worrying about hosting, scaling, or what to do if you get stuck with something. Squarespace's fantastic, clean, simple, and beautiful designs really allow you to craft a home for yourself on the internet. They allow you to make a website that you create your own. They allow you to craft it. They allow you to adapt it. They allow you to change the fonts and the colors to something that you want, something that matches your style. They allow you to add images really, really easily that you want and create galleries and things like that to show off your artwork. They And they give you the way you know, ways to, to build beautiful pages with their fantastic design tools to inject your own personality into your site. And you can also inject your personality by adding a blog. Seems to be as simple as that. They also allow you to integrate with your social accounts like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and many more to, again, pull your identity from outside of the internet into one place and put it out to the world. And if you sign up for a year with Squarespace, you'll get a free domain name, allowing you to choose exactly what you want your site to be called. And Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month. Squarespace also have 24-7 support through live chat and email. They have teams located in New York City, Dublin, and Portland who are standing by to help you out. Every Squarespace site features responsive web design and Squarespace commerce, which allows you to add a store to your website so you can sell physical and digital goods and they integrate with loads of cool companies and make that a really, really awesome process. I've done it a little bit and it's actually really, really easy and you're very useful. It's, it's kind of cool. We did it with um, Bionic. We had we gave away some stickers and we kind of just made people pay for the shipping and it was super easy to set the store up and to have people pay for things and I could set up the shipping and I was able to get all of my orders out really quickly. And if you're thinking, hang on a second, I didn't get that sticker. It's because if you are living in the United States of America, <laughs> that was Matt Alexander's responsibility to send them out. Direct that directly at him. Everyone in Europe and the rest of the world got them within days. <laughs> you can start a free trial right now with no credit card required. And you can start building your website straight away. Um, all of that, by the way, was to say that Squarespace Commerce is really easy. Um, it just requires the person to go in and actually do the work. Um, when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure that you use the offer code FEELS, F-E-E-L-S, at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for Analog. Thank you so much to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. As Squarespace, a better web starts with your website. So I want to talk to you about an affliction I have. Okay. And there's a positive side to this affliction and a negative side to this affliction. And if I were to name the affliction, it would be white whale syndrome. 
I think that we came up with this name together. I think I think we did. Yes. I think you're right. In fact, actually, it might have been you that came up with it, come to think of it, but it was in a conversation that you and I were having together. And what I'm talking about is, as, as I've gained some amount of popularity, uh, I would have said notoriety, but apparently that, that's a negative thing, which uh, somebody pointed out to me a while ago. But, I still um, like notoriety, though. <clears throat> Even I get why it's negative, but I still like it anyway. Yeah. So either way. So as I've become quasi-internet, you know, maybe kind of ish famous um i'll start to accrue followers of people that i really respect and i rem- and the the great part of the white whale syndrome is it makes you really 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 excited when someone you really respect and enjoy follows you so like i remember vividly when when dear friend of the show jason snell followed me and i was like yes Jason Snell actually kind of cares about anything I have to say. This is an awesome moment. Mm -hmm. And there are tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of other examples of this. And it's a wonderful, awesome feeling when that happens. And, and, and I cherish those feelings. I try to like remember those feelings because it makes me so happy that someone that I place in such high regard at least is aware I exist. It doesn't necessarily mean they place me in the same high regard, but they at least know I'm a person and I exist. And to be on their radar, even way off in the distance, is just so flattering and so awesome. So that's the good side of the white whale syndrome. The bad side, however, is the one that got away. And there's one particular person, and I will not name him or her, so it's not worth asking, but there's one particular person who I, I don't know why. And that's the thing. Like, I don't even know why other than that. I love their work and I respect them so much, but I really want to follow really badly. And it's like, I'm being a, a bit dramatic, but it's, it's all consuming. It's I, oh Why doesn't, why doesn't John Smith follow me? Oh God. Like I've said funny things. We've exchanged tweets here and there. I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it. But but they don't, and I, I don't get it, and I don't know why not. And it's like it's such a negative side of the same affliction. Yep. And they're aware uh, of me. I know they're aware of me because right. I, they talk about me, and I've seen them talk about me. I've heard them talk about me. Like I've been in this situation, and I'm in. I, the thing is, Casey, that the problem is. Uh, so my white whale followed me, mm-hmm. but now I have a new one. <laughs> I know. So, I, so I'm true. sorry to tell you. It's so true. You, oh, you, God. As soon as, as person X does, if they ever do, you're just going to get a new one. I know. It, it, you're absolutely right. And it, it, it kind of, I shouldn't say it makes me sad, but I know you're right. Like sitting here now, I really think to myself, if this person follows me, that's it. I'm content. I've got everyone I need. I'm content now. And I know you're right. I know you're absolutely right. And Holbrook in the chat says... I was just about to say this. It says, it sounds like a crush in a way. And, he's, and, and he, she is totally right. Absolutely correct. It is a crush. It's not like a, a romantic, like, sexual thing. Uh, don't be creepy. It's just a, like, a professional crush, you could even say. And it's that's absolutely what it is. No, and it's also like uh, not being picked for sports or like really wanting to be friends with the cool kid at school. Like it's yep. that phenomenon. And, and I think you could maybe encapsulate some of these things, like where it's human to human to crushes of some description, which is I think is a really good way of saying it. Um, and it, and it is like that because these people are always like people that you super admire. I, I just want to be friends with them. Please don't be friends with them. Yeah. It's so Please true. don't be friends with them. And if they follow me on Twitter, we can then we can be friends. We can talk and and it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I get it. So I totally get it. Has this got anything to do with identity or is it just something you wanted to bring up? Because we were talking about uh, Twitter well, followers. It, let me try to bring it back around. You don't have so, to. Like, no, no, no. You know. It's a fair question. So I'm going to try to bring it back around. And what I was thinking about earlier uh, when I was attempting to prepare for the show, which is not something I'm used to, <laughs> but uh, yeah, exactly. So what occurred to me was, you know, everyone to at least some degree probably 
identity, I get some amount of their identity from things like Twitter followers. So for the purpose of this conversation, let's just assume that you are a Twitter user and you take it somewhat seriously. So to some degree, I think any Twitter user gets some amount of identity from how many Twitter followers they have. You know, once you hit a thousand followers, I, I think it's fair to say that most people think, oh, this must be someone who's interesting because a thousand people have said, you know, implicitly, I, I care about what this person says. Yeah, that four-figure number, that's where it starts starts to change. Yeah, absolutely. And and so even once you hit a thousand, then it's, well, I could probably get to five, right? And once you get to five, well, not too far from 10, right? And I'm currently, as we're recording, sitting relatively close to 10,000 followers. And I keep, you know, every day I look at least once and I say, hmm, am I there yet? Nope, not yet. And, and I'm so like flattered and overjoyed that I have that many followers. And yet at the same time, because we're human and we always want what we can't have, I, I think to myself, man, you know, Marco has like 70,000 followers or something like that. And John has like 40,000 followers or something like that. God, that must be so awesome. And in actuality, it probably isn't that awesome because they probably get a gazillion at replies and it's probably work to wade through them all. But nevertheless, I mean, not yeah, knowing any better. And, and, and as, also, as we record this, maybe in Marco's world, that isn't so great. Actually, that's very days. true. That's very, very true. But it's interesting because what I'm driving at and how I think this somewhat comes back to identity is, you know, here it is, I'm telling you, Oh yeah, I have, you know, nearly 10,000 followers, whatever, but God, I really want that one person to follow me. And you always want what you can't have. And so you both establish your own credibility and your own self-worth by who follows you, by the fact that Jason Snell follows me and Faith and Jason uh, Cypher from, from IRL Talk. Like the fact that they follow me makes me so happy and I'm so flattered by that because I respect all of their work so darn much. But yet at the same time, I'll tell you, well, there's that white whale. At the same time, I'll tell you, man, I have nearly 10,000 followers. I'll tell you, but God, I really wish I had the 10,000. I really wish I had like 15 or 20. Or man, how cool would it be if I had Marco numbers of like 70,000? Then, oh, then I would be the man. And it's just interesting to me that you, men, almost everyone I know to some degree wants what they can't have, even when a lot of people would probably love to be in, in our shoes. And there's, it's hard to say that without sounding like really obnoxious, but hopefully you know what I mean. So the last point that I wanted to talk to you about of identity um, is online and offline. Are you the same person? So do you soften or enhance yourself online like are there parts of your personality that you change in some way on the internet then off um i can start if it will help no i can, let me take a stab at it okay uh, um i think i am it i am the same person online as i am off but i think especially with non real time things I think a lot more about what I'm doing. And I feel like you and I might've talked about this at some podcast at some point or another, but when I tweet, a lot of times I will compose a tweet, hold the command button on my Mac in order to just press the return button to send it and then stop, look at it two or three more times and think, nah, it's not worth it because nobody really cares about, I don't know, the fact that I hit every light on the way to work today. You know, and so it's not that it's not me. It's just that it's a, I guess, a a filter, a slightly filtered, a very coarse filtered, hopefully slightly improved version of me. Does that make any sense? Yes, 100%, because I do that myself. I, I can't remember what it was, but I was going to tweet something earlier. Um, and I was like, nah, no one cares about this. Like, but, but. Also, to a point, there's there's one key thing that I do online that I I change part of my personality, um, which is cursing. <laughs> so I yeah. I never I never curse on the internet. I don't do it. Yeah. I don't do it on Twitter. I don't do it in shows. But I do. I I I'm actually have been known of some of my friends for for swearing too much. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know anything about that. I don't judge anyone for whether they do or they don't. Um, Joe Steele was letting me know in the chat room that he's heard me curse on the live stream. I don't actually count the live stream. It doesn't bother me on the live stream. It's like recorded stuff uh, where people would see it where maybe they didn't expect it, that kind of thing. So like in the shows um, because... I mean, and I don't, I don't, I don't swear on shows because there's like the the family in a car scenario. Yeah, absolutely. Which is my reason. Um, and then it's also like, and then I just then by extension, I just don't do it on Twitter either. Um, That's interesting because I do curse on Twitter probably more than I should, but ever since Neutral One and Two, which, in case you don't know the backstory. I swore a lot because I didn't think it was actually going to be real, and then it was real, and then I felt bad about it. So because of Neutral 1 and 2, I I try very hard to be extremely deliberate when I curse on shows like these where we do not where where cursing is not part of the charm. You know what I mean? Like unprofessional, for example, I swore like a sailor because that was kind of part of the unprofessional charm. But I try very hard and don't always succeed, but I try very hard not to do that on shows. But I will, I will also echo what you said about the live stream and the live stream, anything goes because it's not going to be recorded until the end of time. But on the things that we release, I try very hard not to. And the only time that I think I'm, I'm very bad about that is when I get very upset. And when I get upset, I tend to that, that what was a fine filter over my vocabulary becomes a very coarse filter when I get upset. See, I'm able to hold it off. Yeah, yeah I'm not. I, I don't know what it is. Actually, no, I, I, I mean, I lie. I do know what it is. I, do, I know why I'm able to do it. So there's no cursing in my house. Mm. We do not curse in front of my mum. Never have. I don't even say crap in front of my mum. Oh, see, that that ended with my house around the time I went to college. Which is good and bad. It's nice and refreshing that I can say whatever I want in front of my parents. But on the other side of the coin, there is something to be said. Call me old-fashioned. Call me Stephen Hackett. But there's something to be said for keeping a, a better tone, for lack of a better word, around somebody that's older than you and that, that, that you respect. No one in my family swears up. But that's we, a good way of putting it. But we swear down. That's deep. There you go, man. On that and on that bombshell. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Analog. Um, I hope that you've enjoyed it as much as we have making it. Thank you so much to Igloo and Squarespace for supporting this show. If you want to catch up with us online, I am iMike, I am Y K E. Casey is C A S E Y L I S S. That's Casey Liss. Um, <laughs> it will never get old for me. We are uh, at underscore analog FM and at underscore relay FM. This show broadcasts live on the internet at the following times. That is 11 p.m. London time. That is 3 p.m. Pacific time and 6 p.m. Eastern time on Thursdays. We record this one a little bit early. So be there. That's at relay.fm slash live. And if you go to relay.fm slash schedule, you'll be able to find it if you want to add it to your calendar. I think that's about it for this week, Casey. Do you have anything you'd like to add, sir? No, I think we're good. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. All right, so let's do some titles.